Greetings and welcome to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Today Brian begins a new six-part series called Keepers of the Threshold. In a moment, Brian will take us to the Bible to tell us who these keepers of the threshold were, and each week we'll look at each of their different responsibilities. This week it's the job of guarding the gates. A couple of minutes into his talk, Brian's first Bible reading will be in the Old Testament, uh, first book of Chronicles and chapter 9. So if you want to follow, get that Bible ready. But on the basis that all things written aforetime were written for our learning, Brian will be bringing out lessons which are relevant to us in our day. So, over to you, Brian. Thanks. I'm guessing that you might never have paid attention to door thresholds and most likely have hardly ever heard them discussed, except perhaps in old movies when a groom carried his bride over the threshold of their house. Archaeologists, however, tell us that the front door threshold of ancient houses was probably as important in symbol as it was in function. It was raised higher than the ground outside or the floor inside. As a result, the threshold was vital for securing the house as well as helping to keep any rubbish or debris outside. And, if all this is of such practical usefulness in the domestic setting, then the threshold of God's house must be of particular significance when we find it mentioned in the Bible. It's something which does indeed get more than a few mentions in the Old Testament, and so it'll be our new topic of study. In ancient times, domestic thresholds were constructed of stone. Outside, dirt and debris would build up, especially during the rainy season, and slightly raise the ground level year by year. The threshold kept the interior of the house cleaner and in some cases served as a step down into the house. While front door thresholds of houses are mentioned a few times in the Old Testament, no description is given. But not only are domestic thresholds mentioned in the Bible, but more importantly, as we said, so is the threshold of God's house. Evidently, this was important, for we read of those whose function or role it was to be keepers of the threshold. For example, we read in 1 Chronicles chapter 9, from verse 17, Now the gatekeepers were Shalom and Akob and Talmon and Ahiman, and their relatives, Shalman the chief being stationed until now at the king's gate to the east. These were the gatekeepers for the camp of the sons of Levi, Shalom, the son of Kore, the son of Ebiasaph, the son of Korah, and his relatives of his father's house, the Korites, were over the work of the service, keepers of the thresholds of the tent, and their fathers had been over the camp of the Lord, keepers of the entrance. Phineas, the son of Eliezer was ruler over them previously, and the Lord was with him. Zechariah, the son of Meshelemiah, was gatekeeper of the entrance of the tent of meeting. All these who were chosen to be gatekeepers at the thresholds were 212. These were enrolled by genealogy in their villages, whom David and Samuel the seer appointed in their office of trust. So they and their sons had charge of the gates of the house of the Lord, even the house of the tent, as guards. From that reading in First Chronicles chapter 9, it can be seen that these keepers of the threshold formed a sacred order from the time of David. They guarded the gates of the house of God, so preventing the unclean from entering the sacred enclosure. 
By the way, when we read in Psalm 84 and verse 10, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, the word isn't used in its technical sense. Some Bible versions translate this here as to stand or sit at the threshold. This would suggest, to an Eastern mind, a situation of deep humility rather than any official occupation in this setting. Returning now to our main topic, we can remind ourselves helpfully that there were four gates that allowed access to Solomon's temple. These gates faced north, south, east and west. Six Levites were to be posted in front of the four gates. Their only responsibility was to guard the gates of the temple night and day. The purpose of this was that these Levites, as guardians of the gates, were to see to it that no evil would enter into the temple of God. Their sole duty was to make the people aware of the practical limits of holiness. For anyone entering the sanctuary of God unlawfully did so under penalty of death. Some examples would be those who were unclean, such as lepers. In all of this, it's clear to see how much God hates everything that's not sanctioned by him. His house, the place where his glory dwells, must be protected, watched over and guarded, hence the need for the guardians of the gates. As there were guardians for the gates of the temple long ago when it was a physical structure, just as surely those Christians who are privileged to be in God's spiritual house are intended to be similar guardians today. We are to stand guard to make sure that that which is evil, false doctrine, biblical error, the world, etc., doesn't encroach where they have no place. For some of these things, there will be a special relevance for elders, as we find in Acts chapter 20. Having gathered together the church elders of the local church of God at Ephesus, the Apostle Paul addressed them for the last time, saying, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day, for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. As we've heard, Paul was warning the Ephesian church elders to be on the alert, to guard against some entering even the circle of the elders in order to gain their own following and to bring in destructive teachings. It was the duty, Paul said, of the existing faithful elders to keep such men and such teaching out, for they had, of course, no authorised entry into anything to do with the Church of God at Ephesus. This is a potential threat in any local Church of God, even today, so elders need to be keepers of the threshold. Equally, some things we read off in the New Testament are particularly related to teachers. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we find the Apostle Paul urging Timothy, his young trainee teacher, But I am not ashamed, he said, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. 
Paul had set a personal example of uncompromising integrity and tenacious devotion to maintaining the purity of the teaching he'd received by direct revelation from the Lord Jesus. Now he urged Timothy to follow his example. The decline and demise of the New Testament churches by the entrance of false teachers has already been indicated. Now we see that a church of God ceases to be a church of God if the foundational teaching is departed from. If a house is not built to the original pattern, this is Paul's word and idea here, then any building or rebuilding will mean that it's no longer the house as designed by God. In this respect, it's vital the threshold of God's spiritual house is well kept. But not only elders and teachers, but all of us who answer to the first disciples found in the New Testament pattern churches of God are involved in some way. The Apostle John, writing in 1 John 5 and verse 21, says, Guard yourselves from idols. There, in its context, he's probably referring to distorted mental images or wrong thinking centering on the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we get that wrong, how can anything else be correct? Guard the truth about Christ would seem to be John's parting shot. As with Paul and John, the Apostle Peter was also urgent in his call to guard against any loss of steadfastness. In 2 Peter 3 and 17 he says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. But it's not only doctrinal error that's to be kept out. Wrong behaviour and worldly trends and influences, with all their defiling potential, must remain outside of what can properly and spiritually be described as God's temple today. Paul wrote to the Church of God at Rome, saying in this connection, Romans 12 and verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. It's important to keep the world out, which brings us right back as we close to our opening description of an actual threshold as that which in ancient times ensured the rubbish was kept out in the street and not brought into the house. God help us to be keepers of the threshold today.
You'll remember Brian read from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 about the renewing of your mind. And that's why I chose the hymn, May the Mind of Christ my Saviour Live in Me from Day to Day. You know, we can't do much about other people's minds, but we can pray that we can allow God to transform our mind to be like our Saviour's. May it be so. Now, I need to remind you about the free transcript booklet for this series. If you'd like one or more, be sure to let us have your postal address and ask for the title Keepers of the Threshold. And there's now a variety of ways you can obtain uh, booklets and the studies which we present on air at SFT, and that'll give you a greater opportunity to study them at your leisure. And each week I'll be reminding you of a different uh, method of obtaining the, the scripts. But first, here's our postal and our email address. Search for Truth, Church of God, a Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. I'll repeat that. Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. And now here's our email address, sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, as promised, I'll tell you one of the ways you can listen again is by audio podcast versions of many past programmes. You can use your computer and if you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com you can browse the list of previous talks which you'll see has been categorised to assist you to find what you're looking for. And also look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org. We're very excited that this will give you yet another excellent way of accessing again what you first heard here on air. So once again, many thanks for listening. We've enjoyed your company. And next week in Keepers of the Threshold, we consider the Keeper's role as stewards of the treasuries. So we hope you can join us. Until then, it's our very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you.